Hey, this is Gerd Tundle, and welcome to the Inner Light Project. This show is for anyone who's wanting to lead a happier, healthier, and enlightened life. Create more self-love, inject more joy and abundance into their daily life. Join me for inspiring interviews and spiritual topics so you can shine your inner light. Hello sisters and welcome to the Inner Light Project. My name is Gerd Hansel and today I'm just so grateful for you listening to this show because it's going to be a, such a powerful one. There is so much wisdom and so much insight into what is happening right now in the world and how we really need to trust in the divine feminine to bring in the love the healing, the connection, the understanding, the empathy, and the wisdom from within. Eleni Kalila Doughty is an ordained priestess and the founder of the Priestess Presence Temple. She empowers women through embodiment practices and devoted services to inspire women to unleash their leadership gifts and step into their full potential. Eleni, I'm so grateful for having you in the show and thank you for joining us today. I'm happy to be here. Oh, bless you. I just, I mean, this has been such a long journey trying to get this to happen and we find, we're finally here. <laughs> I know, I know. We've been, we've been talking to each other about this for, it feels like months. <laughs> ah, but I feel like it's the perfect time to speak about this right now with everything in the world. Um, and mm-hmm. I just want to take the listeners on a journey with you about what your life was like before you, you came back home to your divine feminine? Mm, mm. Well, that's a great question, isn't it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> let me see, where, where to begin? Which thread do we pull? Mm-hmm. Um, well, the very, the very kind of quintessential nugget version of this story is, is that I was raised in, in England in the 1970s. I'm, I'm a 60s baby. And, um, and I was raised in, a, in an unusual circumstance back then because I was raised by my dad. And I, so I lived with my dad and my brother. My mum was um, mentally and physically unable to, to take care of us. And so, um, and so that was really unusual back then for the dad to get the custody of the kids. So I was raised in this unusual experience where I didn't have a lot of female influence in my life at all. In mm. fact, not really any. And so I grew up actually thinking I was a boy. Um, <laughs> why wouldn't I? I wore all my brother's hand-me-down clothes. I had the same haircut as him. I was a real tomboy when I was little. But the truth of the matter is when I say that is I was a real tomboy and inside of me was a young girl who didn't see herself reflected or didn't see a pathway of what it meant to be in a female body. Mm. So long story short is that was kind of like a setup, a divine, what I call a divine setup, right? For my life's journey. So my life's journey pretty early on became about looking for the feminine, became about looking for where had the feminine gone, you know, because my early years, I, I basically eschewed the feminine. I didn't want to be a girl. I wanted to be a boy. Um, I was somebody who was born into a body where I was definitely from a very early age, um, you know, attracted to both boys and girls. I never had that identification of, oh, I'm, I'm a girl girl. You know what I mean? Like I had this kind of broad experience of what it was to be in, in my humanity, in my body. And yet there was something missing for me. 
that was really profound. So as I grew up and I got older, um, I, I felt this place where I was missing I was missing something fundamentally, like like imagine missing the the, the water of the oasis or the the, the sense of, of nourishment that really the feminine holds. And I found that I, I I was growing up into a world where I felt very much like I was in competition and comparison and I had to be the best and I had to push myself and I was very um, driven and ambitious at an early age and simultaneously very imbalanced in myself, very, um, what can I say, lost really. So when I got into my 20s, I, 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 back then it's what they would have called a nervous breakdown. <laughs> now, now, now they call it PTSD or complex, you know, complex post-traumatic stress disorder or anxiety or generalized anxiety disorder. But back then they didn't have those words. So I had what looked like a nervous breakdown, which is I started to have panic attacks. I started to feel really overwhelmed. I started to feel really like compromised. And at that time, I kind of dropped out of my track of going to university and doing all those things. And I started on a quest. And I think probably many of us recognize this kind of quest. The quest took me to a lot of different places on the planet. It took me to India, it took me to Thailand, it took me to um, Southeast Asia, it took me to Bali, it took me all over Southeast Asia, basically. And what I was looking for was some kind of connection to the divine feminine, to the feminine embodied. And I, yeah, so that was what took me on that quest. And it was a long quest. It was about a seven or eight year quest where I, I was pretty much on the road traveling for that period of time. And I, I, I was looking to other cultures, to other spiritualities, to other places to try to find what is the thing that's missing? What is the thing that's missing and how, how is that thing that's missing contributing towards this sense of panic and overwhelm and disconnection that I'm feeling? Well, what I began to uncover and I, and I, you know, I ended up going to university and, and I studied to be um, in an undergraduate, I studied a, a, a drama and theater and anthropology. And then wow. I went on and ended up studying um, drama therapy and um, the, 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 the therapeutic use of, of ritual and theater and dramatic enactment in service to um, psychological and spiritual healing. So I, I started out on this path of inquiry as to how to heal my own mother wound, right? Because mm. I lost my mom at a very early age. And not only had I lost my, my, my personal mother, but I couldn't find the collective mother, right? Because mm. in our culture, particularly the Western culture for the last mm, 3000 years, that feminine face of God has been pretty much issued, um, buried, reviled, yeah. tortured, um, misaligned, misappropriated, you name it, right? It hasn't been yeah. safe for us as women to have, have images or to have a, an idea of God, the mother, right? We've got God, the father, but where the heck is God, the mother? True. And if anybody has ever been to other cultures, particularly India, God the Mother is very present. <laughs> it's very true. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. there's, there's literally thousands of goddesses that are worshipped and, and are deities that are invoked 
in the Hindu religion. And so for me, I was in that question of like, well, where the heck has the mother gone? And what is the effect on us as women when there is no representation of God the mother? What does that tell us as women, right? Because that goes in deep. Not only that, the, the feminine face of our existence, you know, so we might say our intuition, our seership, our psychic abilities, our empathy, our ability to be able to create, to be, um, to be voices of the heart, to lead from that place. All of that has also been missing. And that's what we're seeing right now contextually in our world with this, this incredible uprising and dismantling of you know, oppression in all of its faces, but specifically the dismantling of systemic, systemic racism and yeah. the exposing of white privilege and white fragility and white supremacy is at the heart of this discussion of the imbalance of the world that we're living in that has become hell-bent on power over, on domination, mm. on owning um, owning people's bodies and minds and hearts, right? Yeah. And it's the, 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 the absolute zenith of the toxic form of patriarchy. You know, we're right there. We're, we're swimming mm. in those waters. And it is both terrifying and it is incredibly liberating. You know, one of the goddesses that you'll know and many of us will know is the goddess that's from the Hindu faith called Kali Ma. Oh yeah. (laughs) Right. Kali Ma is the goddess of destruction and creation and preservation. She's she's what's going on right now. She, Mm -hmm. she is the uprising of the fierce feminine that's saying enough is enough. Mm -hmm. You know, that element that's awakening within men and women that's seeing that this, this um, incredible mistreatment of human life is, um, is, is, is no longer sanctioned. Like we cannot live in a world where this is the social contract and the constructs that we live by. So, you know, right now we are living in a world where I would say the divine feminine mm-hmm. is being called forward in all of us, and I and and for those of you who are who are listening right now, you know you may you probably already know this, but one of the pieces that hit into the hearts of hearts and DNA of so many of us. So when George Floyd was murdered, he called out for his mom. Wow! In the moment where he was dying in front of our eyes, he called out to his mother. Mm. And in that moment, something broke inside the collective, something, something untenable broke within the collective that said the mother is being called forward. And I think that that's something that's been happening for the last hundred years of our history in the West, particularly that, you know, since women rallied to get the vote and since women have been rallying to get equal rights and since women have been um, attempting to step into their power and to, to literally challenge the system that has had them subjugated, all of us, right? We've all been working within this system. So we've all, as women been swimming in the waters of patriarchy and fighting against patriarchy in our own lives. And I bet any one of us could look back through our lives and see where we have run up against the fact that we're in a system that's dominated by the male rational logical ideas of how things should be and how our skill sets have not been valued or even understood or even have a language that's around them that's respected or honored right 
you know, it's like, that's what we're up against. And that this systemic dismantling that's happening right now, that's focused on black Dis the, the, the dismantling of the the whole the whole oppression of black people on our planet and yeah. people of color it just leads all the way down to all the levels of oppression and for me the awakening of the divine sophia the divine feminine mm -hmm. and i come from a you know I, i'm born and raised in england i come from a kind of a, a, a celtic mythological or celtic celtic lineage um, you can't see me, but I have red hair and I'm kind of an Amazonian redhead, right? <laughs> and, and, and I come from that lineage of women um, who are warriors, yeah. you know, literally Amazonian warrioresses who are charging right now into the midst of it all and saying, we, we will not have this happen on our watch. And so the reason I'm telling you this story, girls, is because it's, it's, you know, we've all been in this. If you're yeah. here listening to this call, it's probably because some part of you is at this moment dismantling the oppressions that you've experienced because yeah. we cannot heal the world of this terrible imbalance between the masculine and the feminine, between the patriarchy, the male God, and the diminishment of women without also addressing obviously the layers of that oppression as they as they show up with our black brothers and sisters and our you know women of color and men of color and children of color all over the world because they've been at the front line of that oppression and that brutality that is the absence of the divine feminine because i just read this um beautiful offering by a black woman and i'm forgetting her name right now and i'm sorry about that but she had posted um this whole poem that was about you know basically that we need to give over the police force to the black grandmothers you know oh, wow. and right and, wow. and what would happen what would happen if we gave over control of you know justice to our black grandmothers or to the, you know, the women of color grandmothers all over the planet what if the grandmothers were the final council that you had to go through before you were allowed to do <laughs> right you know what i'm saying like you amazing it would be world, right wouldn't it be a different world so it yeah. kind of you know like we we we, we, we and we know it we know it because we're like, wow, yeah, if the grandmothers were in charge, there'd be none of this. <laughs> none of this. And and, and all the, right? There would just be a very different world that we would be living in because of the fact that there that I mean it's is a whole it's a whole slew of things, but it's respect of the feminine, it's respect of the grandmother's voice, it's respect of lineage, respect of um these are the people who have the wisdom to be able to actually be in leadership and spiritual leadership at this time. So I think we're living in a time of incredible possibility mm. and incredible um, dismantling and, and disorientation. And I, I think as a white woman, what I'm calling to all of my white sisters and brothers about right now is to be willing to be in the disorientation and the overwhelm of the world that we have known falling apart and our willingness to recognize how we've been complicit in mm. that oppression. And, and it doesn't matter if you yourself feel like you haven't been, trust me, yeah. you have. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and that's 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 the uncomfortable um, truth of the moment, 
but there's liberation inside that truth because yeah. what's rising up is the heart that says this is just categorically wrong yeah. it is wrong to mistreat people we know that in our hearts and our bellies mm. we know that that's the mother lion that's the mother bear in all of us the feminine <laughs> all of us that's here to protect all life that is the guardian of all life and says it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what you other things you might think all life is pre precious you yeah. know black lives matters and then what and what they're saying quite correctly is until black lives actually do matter the rest of the lives it doesn't matter because because we're living in a system that that says that some lives matter and some lives don't yeah. and the mother loves all of her children mm -hmm. the mother in us, the divine feminine within us doesn't doesn't say oh you are more worthy than you are like it's like ridiculous to say to a mother with all her children and say oh well which one do you think is more worthy of love mm -hmm. i mean that's just doesn't you know to the mother that's not the concern so i think what's happening is is that there is a massive tectonic shift that's happening that is about the rebalancing of the divine feminine the divine masculine and it's about a re-honoring of the path of the heart and yeah. the awakened heart that is courageous and that understands that love is not one thing mm. that love is the enactment of divine justice it's the enactment of 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 our willingness to be in a position where we share power, it's sovereignty, it's all the things that are being talked about out there where we actually get to say right now, the world that we're living in has come to its end point. Yeah. This system of power over by white, the white male psyche, and I'm not meaning white men, I'm meaning patriarchy as a system, it's a systemic yeah. issue. It just happens to be one that's being upheld by and serves white men more than anybody else. Yeah. Right? So yeah. their agenda, right, is done. Yeah. And I it's and, and we've known this has been coming for years. We've been saying this is this is the end times, right? Everything astrologically points to it. There's a turning of the great wheel of time, like all of the ancient prophecies, everything yeah. points to it. And I don't think any of us could have anticipated that this is what it was going to look like, or indeed can anticipate how this is going to unfold. But what I do know is is the women that I'm working with and inside the temple that I, I curate, that I am focalizing, where there's, you know, we have over 100,000 women all over the planet. What's happening is, is that there is this call to a feminine kind of leadership yeah. that comes from the heart, that comes from a reconnection in with our inner knowing of what's actually aligned with truth. Mm. And that is incredibly courageous right now because one of the things that we're up against as you all know is what there's so much happening in any given moment that that how do we know what's real how do we know what's true when we look outside into the world right there's yeah. so much manipulation of the news and media there's so much <laughs> right that we're being fed where we're like yeah so where's that coming from and is it real is it true because we know yeah. it's incredibly easy for people to make things look really real and they're yeah. not so so how do we how do we then develop our skill set of being able to navigate 
through a world that's gone kind of mad and the chaos, if we haven't developed our own inner sense of alignment with what truth feels like inside of us. Mm. I just wanted to say, oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I relate with everything you're saying. I've literally just been like nothing <laughs> for the past, like um, how long it's been. Um, it's, oh, yeah, like it's, it, it, there's so much that happens that it's, we know it's there, but we don't really speak up about it. and. I was just going to say like with me, like my upbringing was very different. I am from a, per like I am Indian and I'm a person of color, but my right. next door neighbor, she was, she was English and she was my third grandma. I used to call her my third grandma and she was my, um, she's called my brother and I, her grandkids. And like, we didn't see color. We saw each other as love. And like my mom would cook for her. She would cook for us. Like we oh. used to go over and talk to one another. She'd be at my birthday parties. And that's, and like, whenever I went through injustice, I used to sit with her and tell her and she'd just give me a hug and like, you know, she didn't know, always know what to say, but it was just her presence of love. And like that motherhood, like you were saying, it, it really made me feel understood. And it, I didn't even know the color of my skin growing up. This is the truth. It was only until I was about six years old when somebody called me dirty that I didn't even, like, I was like, what was that? And I had to ask my parents, but with Gladys, she saw me as her, her grandchild and, oh, I love that woman. <laughs> but she, she understood that what we're going, like what's happening right now, that it, it, it's about being fair and being loving and like, we are all one. And I don't know what I'm trying to say right now, but it was just that she it's like she's one of those very rare people that really understood why like we shouldn't judge others for what they look like like she talked to my grandma and my grandma couldn't speak english and they'd somehow connect with one another and you, you look at the photos and there's so much love between them even that they don't know what's been said between them but that's the world that we need not this whole like oh, i don't know the word is like separation but it was the world that made me feel like i was separate no matter when I was in school or like university or when I was in the journalism world, that made me feel like I wasn't good enough. But yet yeah. there was my neighbor who made me feel like love. And so it was a very confusing upbringing for me because here's this woman who's not even blood related, treating me like a grandchild. And then mm. the world is saying, you are not enough. And it didn't matter how much I did, even though I've had, I've grown up with a diverse range of friends. There was still the system, as we were saying, made me feel like I was not good enough. And that's what I feel is, is breaking down right now in the world. That's right. Thank you for sharing that, you know, and it is, I mean, that's the thing, you know, is, is like our personal experiences. I mean, what a beautiful experience that you got to have that in your life, right. Yeah. With, with your next door neighbor, who was like another grandmother to you. And, and that you get to have that very personal connection, right. Into, mm -hmm. into it being so way beyond uh, you know culture or skin or any of it like just the love yeah. right and the connection and then to come up against the world where the color of your skin and the fact that you were a woman so those two together yeah. right those two layers right first there's the color of your skin that's the first thing and then you're a woman so you're a woman of color and a woman of color in in england and experiencing the incredible um it's stacking against you of the system that is a systemic level that's not even in this and this is the thing that has to blow us away so so this systemic racism is not something that is in the forefront of our uh, um consciousness as white 
beings as a white person it's just the world we're living in right it's the it's 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 woven into every freaking system because the systems were created by people who were here creating them on the basis of race on the basis of one race being better than another on the idea of racism and the idea of control right so it's like that's what's coming apart right now is is our awakening into oh my god it's in everything it's in the politics it's in the banking system it's in you know the police it's in the mental health system it's in the you know it's in the education so it's everywhere Everywhere there's any system been built, it's been built on colonial ideals. There we go. Let's just say it. On domination, on the patriarchal idea of white men at the top and then everybody else fans out toward the bottom. Right. And so we're in a really, really amazing moment right now where we as women are holding the keys to a new kind of leadership that is coming through what I call vulnerable strength Mm. and tender-hearted ferocity, which is neither one or the other, right? It's holding this place of the awakened heart being the place where actually real change happens. It doesn't happen through ideas. It happens when people are brokenhearted, when people actually feel things to the degree where they go, oh my God, I no longer can participate. And that's what we're seeing happening all over the world with all of these demonstrations and protests. Is people's hearts are just broken right now. Mm-hmm. They just, it, it's hit into a level at which it's not to do with the, the, the mental construct anymore. It's gone into a very personal arena of our hearts being broken. And I really believe that that's where the, where the divine feminine with the men and women, because what we must remember is, is that the divine masculine and feminine are not genderized, right? They're talking about energetics. So when we're talking about energetics, we're talking about the fact that our cultures and our ideals have been formed around a very masculine worldview of um, productivity and action and doing and logic and rationale and strategy and and um and more is better and how to you know like and the capitalist system that is basically just eating up the earth and raping and pillaging it and not having any idea of um sustainability or you know all of those ideas that are the ones that have been rising up but have been trampled on over and over again over and in service of money and profit and greed right yeah that system is so imbalanced and it's not out there it's in us and you kind of spoke it when you said Gerd, about you know how we have internalized these um very patriarchal values and we start, we behave according to them. So we, as women, many of us who've been particularly like in the world of journalism or the corporate world, or we have tried to get ahead in our lives, have done so at the expense of our feminine. Yeah, I I relate with what you were saying earlier as well, because I was a tomboy growing up um, as well. And I was always a daddy's girl or painting the house or DIYing with my dad. And I went on this whole journey of like this alpha female and told to, you know, you need to toughen up in the journalism world. It's a very tough, it's a very competitive industry. So I found myself becoming so alpha and made my masculine side becoming so stronger that my feminine side was actually just like, I don't know what the right words are, like dying really. And 
I, I just, I was like taking medications to like right. all my pains and aches. I had a lot of health problems growing up. And then in 2012, I was made redundant and I had a cancer scare. And Eleni, that woke me up. I remember running out of the hospital when they told me they misdiagnosed me. And I heard a voice say, it's time to heal. And it was a feminine voice. And I was like, where is this coming from? Because back then I didn't know intuition or anything. And I thought I was losing the plot. Um, and every time I tried to like push, that was I, my body kept shutting down. And I realized that I needed to come back to the feminine side. And since 2012, I've learned to like flow and love myself. Everything that I was ignoring, like yourself growing up, I had to learn and come back and mother myself, almost mother myself the way I wasn't mothered. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I really, really hear you. And I think that's part of what is happening both individually and collectively right now yeah. is, is we need the presence of the mother and the grandmothers. We need the presence of that um, space of unconditional holding and love and presence mm. and the fierce feminine that says enough is enough and and is here to protect life and here yeah. to insist now that 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 we we do no longer consent you know one of the things that we've been doing within the priestess presence temple is we've been working with the women of color in our temple and they're producing a whole series called eclipsing injustice yeah. and the eclipsing injustice series is um three ritual ceremonies that are happening over this eclipse period that we're in so we had one which was um just happened on the full moon that we just had in Sagittarius. And the next one is happening on summer solstice, actually, which is just coming up this weekend. Mm -hmm. And the intention of those rituals has been to address for all of us, regardless of the color of our skin, regardless of our gender, regardless of our age, how we have been oppressed. Mm -hmm. Because this is the thing is we've all been oppressed and we've yeah. all been oppressed. And this cycle of violence, this cycle of violence, a perpetrator, a victim, that has been running the script in our world for many thousands of years, mm. is what's coming to an end. Because we have to see through the illusion of the fact that there, there is, you know, that I'm being victimized and therefore you're the problem because you're the perpetrator, when in fact, inside the perpetrator is one who's been victimized, right? We know this, mm. we know. We know, we know that oppressors, right? Those who yeah. have been oppressed become oppressors when they get power. Mm. That's what they're trying to do is protect themselves yeah. from being oppressed again. And so until we see through that and go, oh my God, that is a state that, you know, I withdraw my consent from that system. And that really asks us to do some radical things. And I think that that's where we're at because I think what we're really being asked to do when people ask me, well, what can we do? Uh, this is what I think we can do. And it's not comfortable, but I think <laughs> what we, is we, we have to withdraw our consent, which is our money mm. and our support for any company, agency or being that is not upholding this journey of anti-racism and dismantling. That means really looking and taking responsibility and saying, okay, you know, I just had this conversation with someone the other day about Amazon and I was like, yeah, you know, Amazon, everybody uses Amazon, right? People sell their stuff on Amazon. It's like, it's become this, this mega, I mean, like what is Jeff Bezos? is like the richest man in the world. I mean, it's just insane. <laughs> and yet, and yet, 
you know, the systems and policies and the oppression that they have within their own company. We all know about it because it's been reported. We, we, so are we going to continue to support that just because it's convenient? Mm. Just I live in the countryside and I, it's harder for me to get stuff. And, I, and it's been like, no, like that's what I'm talking about. We have to vote with our money and our power. And I said to someone the other day, I said, you know, this is, this is how the feminine would do it. She withdraws consent and says, and sets a boundary. And she says, I'm going to set a boundary and I am not going to participate. And I said, can you imagine if everybody just chose to not pay their taxes, for example? (laughs) What would they do? What could they possibly do? And (laughs) and what we don't realize is that collectively we have that power. And and the feminine within us knows that we have that sovereign power. But we are led to believe that we don't have power. Mm. We have to behave by the rules. And who sets up those rules? And that's the big conversation yeah. that's really going on right now, right? Isn't it? It's like the social constructs that we have in place no longer mean anything. They no longer mean anything because they don't include all people. Yeah. So how can you have social constructs that don't include everybody and expect people to obey them? Yeah. You can't. So it's fascinating, right? So the divine feminine is the balance point of actually coming back to all human beings being noble-hearted and worthy and absolutely sovereign. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by sovereign is is that every human being has the right to exist no matter what. And that what we're actually being initiated into, which is very difficult and very uncomfortable, is that there are no bystanders. You cannot be a bystander in this world right now, ever again, I would say. You have to recognize each one of us that we have power to change something and that that power exists within every single one of us and that there's no abdicating back into our comfort zone of like, well, I don't have to deal with it because it's not in my life. No, you do have to deal with it. Yeah, it's all of our responsibilities, and that to me is the divine feminine. It's coming back to the understanding that as a collective, if there is one person being abused or mistreated within the collective, then we are all responsible for that. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, ah, oh, everything you're saying is just I, I, I relate. Really, because... yeah, it's really uncomfortable truth. Because yeah. then that then that means I have to do something right yeah. i'm responsible for it and that's the feminine it's the collective consciousness the feminine yeah. is always about the collective it's all about the interrelationship it's about the web of life it's about the understanding that if one is sick over here that we need to help the one that is sick because the one who is sick is affecting the whole system yeah right it's 100% i was just going to say like i've always been a person if if there's injustice on the on like like for example, in London, if somebody's being mistreated on the street, I'll always go up and try and help. That's just been, that's my nature. But I realize that the, the world isn't like that. And that's what's happening right now is to, where we're being asked to speak up because I've personally, Eleni had racism on the, like, on the tube stations being like called out horrific names and people, there've been like hundreds of people on um, the platform and have just ignored me whilst it's been happening. And I remember the hurt and the pain and thinking, how could people do that? Like, where's the justice? Where's, you, you know, why, how could people be like that? But now I'm starting to understand that people are so afraid of That's looking right. from within to do the inner work, to, like to realize that we are all one, that, you know, we don't have to shy away. We, it, this is our time to speak up. This is our time to help one another and grow. Right. 
And that's when you, when you say, you know, like that's a very grounded and practical way in which the divine feminine is rising up because it mm. is that place of interconnectionality, interconnection and intersectionality and the understanding of difference and diversity and oneness, being able to hold the paradox that we're all individual, all different, that we all come from different lineages and cultural backgrounds. And yet we're all interconnected and part of humanity. Right. Yeah. And, and, the feminine is big enough. Mother, the mother is the cosmic womb of all creation. It's like we all come from the mother. We all come through our mothers. We are all born into this world through the mother principle. And until we understand that the dishonoring of the mother is at the heart of the imbalance that we see in our world, and we start to remember that, Mm. and to stand for that enactment of love as being actually the primordial sense of what brings rightness to a situation until we really get that this is not going to change in our world and i think that's probably what one the, the seed of hope that i have is is seeing out there in the world the hearts opening mm. the the awareness of particularly white folks who have been in the privilege of not having to feel this, yeah. right? Have not, been, have not had to have this affect us in our daily lives. We have that privilege to go away and to protect ourselves. You don't have that privilege, girls. You know, as a woman yeah. of color, you don't. You have to deal with it every single day, yeah. right? And so as we white people start to really understand and go inside and dismantle our ignorance and our blindness, that's mother holding us. Mm. That's the feminine saying it's time to go into the feeling body. It's time to be ripped apart by this, to have it matter, to have it matter that people are hurting all over this planet, not just here in America. I mean, this is, you know, the nexus point right now because the foundation of America is so riddled with, yeah you know, contradiction and paradox and hypocrisy, you know, because of the fact that there was a genocide of native peoples and then the whole of America was built on the backs of black slaves and white slaves, actually, let's be honest, you know, but that whole, that, I mean, what a, what a messed up story that is. And then you only have to look at, you know, the rest of the world. England was the colonial force that, went all over the world and eradicated cultures and took over. And, you know, I mean, it's just, we're dealing with something that's massive here. Yeah. Yeah. Massive. And so, so we, we need to hold ourselves inside this upsurgence and reawakening of the divine feminine. And for us as women, mm. those of us who are in female bodies and identify as women, um, and I should say for those who maybe aren't in female bodies and identify as women, right? So for yeah. all of us who identify as women, excuse yeah. me, I'm having to correct myself, see? That's what we have to do. We have to really think about what we're saying, right? Yeah. So for all of us who have experienced the oppression of being women and what that means, we right now have a right, we have a duty. We have, an, we have, a, we have a, a responsibility. Mm. to actually do the healing work within ourselves of the ways in which we have experienced oppression because of being in a woman's experience of this world. And we need to utilize that to stand up and to find our voices. And the tyranny that I hear amongst women 
through working with, with women for the last 30 years of my life intensively, this is the tyranny. I'm either not enough and I'm not good enough and I don't have enough to say wow. and I'm not worthy enough, right? So there's the not good enough thing that we've inherited for 3,000 years of being denigrated, let's yeah. just say, yeah. right? That's been programmed into us of course you're not freaking good enough you don't you you know you don't have the right to vote you don't have the right to have your own house you don't have the right to move out from an abusive situation all you're here for is to give birth to babies you don't have any rights that's been the reality of women throughout history you know for the last two to three thousand years yeah so how is that translated into our gene pool of we don't have rights we don't have power Right. So many of us are still learning how to find our voices. We're still learning how to awaken our rightful power within us. And the other side of that story is we're either not enough mm. or I bet you've had this one, too, because this has been my story. You're too much. <laughs> right. You're too loud. You're too boisterous. You're not feminine enough. You don't behave yourself. You don't shave your leg. You don't whatever it is. Right. You're not. <laughs> Yeah. You're not, you know what I mean? Like you're now yeah. too much and oh. you're too much because okay. you're, I'm sorry. I'm just going to say I'm, I'm too much in my community because I'm okay. a woman of color and I speak up and being in a culture of being Indian, a woman's supposed to people please and be a good girl and listen That's to her right. elders. Right. <laughs> and people often ask me, they say, well, why did you go, you know, why did you leave the UK and go live in America? I said, I'd never planned to come and live in America. But really why I came to live in America was because I was done. I was done with being yeah. in a culture where I was too much. Mm. I was always too much. I was too loud, too much, too boisterous, too, too opinionated, too emotional. <laughs> you know, <laughs> too, just too much. I relate. You know? I relate. Right. I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't find my way to express myself inside yeah. of that. So I, my hat's off to you guys that you've managed to, because I, you, for me, it was so oppressive that I just had to leave. I was like, I can't be myself here. Like, you know, it's, I don't, I don't feel able to express. So, so in a nutshell, what I'm saying to all of us who are here is <laughs> let's just feel into it for a moment. What is the nutshell of it all? There's so much that we've covered. Mm the each one of you not only matters yeah. but each one of you has a unique and much needed fractal of the divine that you're here to bring and whatever that is you must bring it now Whatever the specific gifts or talents or um, abilities, superpowers that you have, you must now use them in service to the dismantling of these systems of oppression and the, the walking of love on the planet. You must do that now. Mm -hmm. this, is not a, this, is not a, this is not a choice point of like, well, I'm not quite ready. It, yeah. it, it's game on. This is not a dress rehearsal. We're in it now. And we need all hands on deck. So if you're still hiding out behind the story of not enoughness or too muchness, I urge you to seriously do some work around that and realize that whatever your personal history is, whatever the wounding is that you've experienced, whatever the abuses that you've experienced, it's time now to really work on healing that so that you can actually bring the gift of who you are hmm. and your voice and your power, which in the end is just energy and choice. Right, power is two things, energy and choice. 
Mm. Where we choose to put our energy. That's what your power is. And we have to now use our power in service to that which we truly believe in. Yeah. There is no more sitting back on the sidelines. You have to do the work to actually be available to be able to speak to, you know, that people say, well, what is anti-racism? Anti-racism is the willingness to speak to something that you see as racist and not hold back mm-hmm. and not care about whether you're doing it exactly right or if you get it wrong or if somebody's going to be upset with you, right? Yeah. Because they're going to be. <laughs> but the fierce feminine comes from the love and she rises and she says i'm here in love and i and i accept that i don't know everything right now i don't know anything right now but i know that this that i'm seeing in front of me is not okay mm. that's all you have to do oh sorry <laughs> okay. it, i was just going to say and also that whatever you do right now is going to impact the next generation you're healing the future generation so they can live with more compassion and love and they can feel a more fairer society. When we do our own work, we heal our life, uh, our bloodline, right? That's right. Seven generations back and seven generations forward is what they say. Yeah. You know, and this is the interesting thing about that, because I was going to bring that up. And it's like, so, uh, you know, when you think about the oppression of women mm. and then you think about the oppression of women of color, mm. right? Brown, black, whatever, women of color. So you add that extra layer of horrific oppression and you realize that we hold that within our dna Mm -hmm. so let me tell you about epigenetics in case you don't know epigenetics is the study of how trauma is passed down through generations and what they've discovered through some very bizarre studies that they've done what they've actually discovered is that that trauma traumatic experiences are actually carried in gene pools so And that means that when we heal ourselves, we are literally healing our lineage. We are being the one that breaks the chain of that lineage, right? So I can talk about it from my lensing. So I'm the first of my family to go to university. I'm the first of my family to get a degree. I'm the first of my family to have a professional license. I'm the first of my family to, um, as a woman, to have a job outside of being a cleaner. My mom and her mom and her mom before her were indentured servants. They were the cleaning women to the big houses in the countryside in England, right? They were the housemates. So I am the first one in my generation who has broken free of that lineage. I'm the first one in my generation who hasn't gotten sick mentally or physically Mm. from that life of servitude and being stuck and not being able to get out of it, right? So it's close for many of us. And that's going back through my lineage, right? And I'm a white woman. Mm. I'm not even a woman of color, but I come from a class in England, and you'll know about this, Gerds, because you're from England. I come from a lower class family who had no money, who were the servants to all the people who had the money. Wow. Right? So it's, it's within our systems, right? So I was my lineage and I broke free of that lineage and became became a something that my mother could never have imagined mm-hmm. it was I never in the realms of possibility for her yeah I hear you because I'm yeah I, I completely hear you it the class system is really messed up here and it's it's not said but it's there and like 
Oh, yeah, even within my family. So my grandma um, wasn't, on my mum's side was, was sick. My mum was a nurse and loved helping others. And then she got, she's not, she's not been well. Um, my mum worked in the kidney renal unit. I grew up with a kidney defect, which I only found out six years ago. Wow. I had from decades of fear of women within my family who have been mistreated as a woman and being mm. Indian as well within their own community. So my kidney was almost, the, the breakdown was almost me healing the fear of yeah. generations and me saving, I actually ended up saving my kidney, long story short, but like they wanted to remove it and I fought for it and I knew there was something deeper and me yeah. saving it and having an operation instead has healed the generation. But also Gosh. on my dad's side, I'm the first woman to live out, not be married, do her own thing, have an education, have a degree on my father's side. And I had to heal that of the injustice of how women are mistreated who come from villages. So I hear you. It, it's, it's, it, people don't realize the extent of how much work we have to do to heal for the next generation and, and heal the backwards as well. Like when we heal, we heal ourselves, but we heal our family and we heal humanity. That's right. That's right. And that is the divine feminine awareness. That is the, the understanding that we have this deep place within us, every single one of us that has the capacity to heal and to awaken the greater than imagined possibility of who we actually are beyond the social constructs of the world that we were born into or the skin that we were born into or the life circumstances that we were born into, right? Yeah. And recognizing that and awakening to that is about actually owning the story of your own lineage. Mm. It's doing the work to really look at what the wounds are that you carry down through your lineage, yeah. how you've been um, indoctrinated with racism, and with um, misogynistic viewpoints mm. and, and literally cleansing and purifying your system from those because we, we, we were, you know, all raised in that. Yeah. Whatever color skin you have, we were raised within a dominant ideology that said that if you weren't white and male, you were less than. Mm. And that is what's coming to an end. And that's what the divine feminine awakening is all about. You know, in the mythology of the, from the Western perspective, and this is through the kind of Greek and Aramaic and the, the, the Middle East and through to the European um, kind of cosmologies. But the divine Sophia myth is, is that the divine Sophia is the, is the female face of God. And that she is the one that has to rise within all of us in order for there to be a rebalancing wow. of our world. Wow. Wow. That, and that, that mythology is, uh, is basically saying that we, until God the Father and God the Mother Mm. are awakened within us until they come into what is called the heroscamos, which is the sacred marriage of the masculine and feminine principles. Until that is rebalanced, our planet is spinning out of control. Yeah. And so when you say, well, what can I do, Kalila? I say, what you can do is you can heal yourself. 
And I don't just mean by going introspectively into your own world and, you know, gazing at your own navel. What I mean is, is looking at your lineage, looking at how you've been influenced and healing that and speaking out and bringing your presence to the public yeah. world where you actually share, like we've just shared, right? Gertz yeah. and I have just been sharing how we've experienced our lineages of oppression. Mm. You know what I mean? And how that's manifested in our bodies, in our nervous systems, you know, you know, because because you I mean, it's so fascinating. And I wonder how many of you listening have this experience. But Gertz, you know, when you spoke about your kidney and about you embodying literally right that illness mm. in your family. And for me, you know, if I go back through my family, basically the, the way out has been through suicide, right? So there's been wow. just suicide after suicide after suicide in my family lineage because of the levels of oppression of not being able to get out of that system of servitude. Wow. And so, and for my mom, it was a full-blown personality disorder and a full-blown, uh, uh, you know, physical disorders of cancer her whole life. And so for me, that was my legacy, was that I was basically, was I going to become another one of the female lineage who lost her mind, ended up in a psych unit, ended up in an asylum, ended up killing herself? Wow. Is that going to, you know what I mean? Because that's, and, and I, I, I know that I'm speaking for millions of us mm-hmm. who have these histories that are cumulative stress and trauma of oppressive systems. So if you think it doesn't touch you because you're, do you know what I mean? You're so yeah. protected. Think again yeah. and realize yeah. that we're all, we've all suffered at the hands of this oppressive system. And right now our black brothers and sisters are at the forefront of that battle because they are the ones who are getting murdered on the freaking streets in front of our eyes. So, I just want to put it in context yeah. that, that, that if you think it's, that there is no way to not be affected by this is what I'm really saying. Yeah. And, and the wake up call comes when we, each one of us go, Oh, I have power to do something about this. So I'm just here to be the voice of that fierce divine feminine that says enough is enough. You are being called. I ask you from my heart mm-hmm. to show up now and do the work. It's not comfortable. It's not easy. I'm in the midst of it myself. I don't pretend to be a race educator or a social justice worker. I'm just here as a voice of the divine feminine. And that's my, my sort of corner of the world, right? <laughs> About what's rising up within us. Yeah. And it's an incredible moment to be alive. And it's also very, very important. Each one of you matters. Yeah. I just want to say, oh God, I feel like crying now. (laughs) Um, Thank you for speaking up because the last few weeks I've been very hurt by the coaching community. A lot of people have, have been said awful things and awful things I've seen. And I've had to really like pull out the anger and like just say no to working with certain people, removing people from my podcast because of the disturbing behavior that I'm, that I've seen and I've felt from people and instead they've attacked, I've been attacked and basically said, I'm the problem. And I couldn't believe it. Like a coaching industry, if you're, and these are people who are women empowerment coaches. And if you claim to be a women's empowerment coach, you're a coach for all women, not just one side of like one, like one woman, it's all women of all colors. And 
the fact that yeah, you're speaking up and yes, like we're going to, everyone's going to make a mistake. Everyone's going to say the wrong thing. That's natural, but it's about speaking up for what's right in the world. And I thank you for that because seriously, like people like me and especially black people, you make by hearing this, we feel safe to speak yeah. up because I've felt so disturbed for the last two weeks. Like, Oh, oh I didn't think I was going to cry in this episode. <laughs> oh gosh. But Thank you. I, you don't know what this means. Just thank you. It, because you're one of the real ones. That's how I feel. Like, Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? <laughs> I don't know what else to do other than be real right now because my heart is broken open too. And I, I, um, I don't talk about this very much, but I happen, I'm partnered with a black man. He, I've been life partners with a black man for seven years of my life now. And so for me, it's very personal mm. <laughs> because I, I live with it. I, 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 see, I see the ravages of what has happened um, up close and personal, you know, and I don't share that very much because that's my personal life. But mm. I wanted to share it right here because I want to put context to the fact that that. The, 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 every one of us has a role to play right now. And I'm sorry, Gerds, that you've had that experience. And I can only imagine how much stress that puts on you. And, and I just want you to know that I'm here in my heart with you to just hold the space for you also in this moment, because what you're doing in continuing to offer the podcast and have these difficult conversations is a huge amount of work. And I really recognize that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, we, the thing is, we have to speak up. Like, it's not about, like you said earlier, it's not about shying away. And I'm an empath and like, I feel emotions. Like, <laughs> I'm an empowered empath, but like, I know right now I can't sit back and just shy away. Like, this is the time to speak up. This is the time to change things because th that change starts from within. And the first thing we can do is, is yes, heal, but also speak up if we don't speak up for one another, how can we change the story? That's right. That's right. It begins with each one of us and, 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 and to bring it back around the divine feminine aspect is our ability to empathize. It's our ability to reach across the divide. It's our ability to be inclusive. It's our ability to feel each other and mm. to hear pain. It's our ability to care. It's our ability to care about each other. And to understand that when one person is hurting, we're all hurting, that there is no such thing as being able to separate from that. And that breeds a very different kind of leadership and a very different kind of conversation. And that's the conversation we need to be having. Yeah, 100%. Wow. Wow, I've just spotted the time. <laughs> we we oh. should probably stop. We could keep going all day. Yeah, <laughs> bless you. Um, I've just got one last question for you is say somebody who's like afraid of embracing the divine feminine. What are, what are your five top tips that they could do right now? Yeah. Take a breath. Mm. Feel your body, feel your feet, feel your back. It's sitting in the chair or wherever you are. Take a deep breath in, place a hand on your heart, a hand on your belly. And slow down for a moment and just feel what you feel. Mm. 
let yourself be present to what you feel right now and let yourself ask what would what would love do right now what would love say right now i was to actually choose love and all of the 144 faces of love that we know of many faces of love how would love speak through me right now how would i be moved right now that's how she speaks to us when we get slow enough to be able to feel it it's our feelings and it's our ability and willingness to navigate that feeling sense that's where the mother shows up that's where the divine feminine shows up she lives within all of us when we slow down mm. to actually feel what's real yeah. to feel the fear to feel the uh, you know, whatever it is, the judgment, to feel the shame, to feel the place of separation, to feel the yearning for something else, to feel the heartbreak, to feel the possibility. It's all here inside each one of us. So that's my tip for you. That's what I do all day long. Slow down, take a breath, check in. What's real right now? What, I, what, what am I being called? What's the most important thing I can do right now? Mm, that's beautiful. Yeah. You know, there's one of the thing goods that I read and it's, this is from a woman, a color friend of mine. And she basically said, um, figure out which lane is yours to be in. Not every, you don't have to be in all the lanes. You know, for some people, it's going to be protesting on the streets. For others, it's going to be um, reading and educating. For others, it's going to be conversations one-on-one. -on -one. For others, it's going to be making art. And sometimes for others, it's just about getting out of bed in the morning and being okay. Yeah but just choose your lane mm -hmm. and get in it and fully get in it now, you know? So that's, that's, that I thought was a piece of very sage advice was we all have a lane to get into. Just find the lane that you're meant to be in and utilize it and realize that every conversation you have right now is an opportunity for you to address this. Mm. Yeah, that's so true. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one more question. <laughs> what are you most grateful for? Right now, I'm really just grateful to be here with you and to have this kind of level of conversation and to feel your heart and to know, to know that you're leading a community of women out there and that, that your, your authenticity, I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful to be in a real conversation. Um, that means the world to me, the authenticity. That's what I'm grateful for. Oh, thank you. <laughs> wow, Elaine. <laughs> thank you. Oh, wow. Wow. Thank you so much for this conversation. And thank you for just being yourself. And thank you for just being true and empowering so many women back to their light. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome, darling. You take great care of yourself and everyone else. Please take care of yourselves. You know. I know it's a rough time that we're going through, so please take care of yourselves. This was just needed right now. And thank you, Eleni, for just sharing your wisdom and knowledge and just being a bright light in this world because it's so important for us as coaches, leaders, spiritual people to really acknowledge what is happening right now and really doing our own inner work and doing the shadow side to be able to make the world a safer place for everyone unfortunately that's the end of the show 
Before I leave, I want to leave you with this quote. In every loving woman, there is a priestess of the past. That's a quote by Henry Frederick Emile. For more information about the show or how to trust your inner light, visit my new coaching program at gerdshundle.com. And remember, stay happy, stay healthy, stay lit. lit.